0: You're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Zaski. Paul Strulli our guest today. I know Paul from the theater world in Chicago back in the day. Boy, has he done a lot of stuff. He's done an extensive amount of TV work, but he also wrote and starred in the film The Beating, which has been well-received at nearly a dozen film fests around the country. Paul was nominated for an Ovation Award for Best Solo Performance for Paul Strohle's Straight Up with a Twist, which enjoyed over 1,400 performances nationwide. Our pod chat covered Actors' Equity's 99-seat ruling imbroglio, (laughs) creating from adversity, and answers the question, how is it that improv is like pizza and blowjobs? Yep, it's covered. All right, well, we'll see you at the other side. Check it out.
1: Um, you should let us know when it's going to hit the air, because then we can have you on our podcast to promote <laughs> yours.
0: How do you promote your podcast?
1: Um, with We have sponsorship. That's we have, right. We have sponsorship with break, uh, through Breakdown Services. Because I worked at Breakdown for 13 years mm-hmm. and uh, became great friends with uh, Gary Marsh, still great friends with Gary, and I went in and talked to him about it, and he was uh, sort of looked at it as sort of a, you know, kind of like the NPR of Breakdown, sort mm-hmm. of a community reach out for actors, and so we have all sorts of we have casting directors on. And we talk primarily about promoting live theater and music right.
0: and all that. You you do you do a lot of live theater. I do. I do. I'm
1: doing. (laughs) I'm doing Mary Poppins. I saw that for Mary Poppins right now. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, that's. uh, It's been thirty years since I did a a musical. So, uh, what was the last uh, musical you did? Oh, geez, the last musical I did was uh, was seventeen. No, so it's less than thirty years. Was seventeen seventy six? Where was that? That was in uh, Connecticut as a fundraiser for Senator Dodd. Chris, Chris, Chris Dodd. Chris Dodd, yeah. Chris Dodd. It was, a, it was a community event as a fundraiser for, for him, for his campaign. And uh, we did it like a stage, uh, not a stage reading, but just
0: like a choral presentation, everyone right. in tuxedos. I go. love that. I, I love that. And I was that.
1: 25?
0: So you're, you're my age. You're 55?
1: No, I'm f- no, no I'm 50.
0: You're 50? I'm 50. So, so that's 25, it was, years yeah, yeah. It was 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah. 25 years ago, yeah. It, How does it feel to be 50? I oh. don't feel age... At all, I don't either. You know when I feel it, I feel it at Mary Poppins rehearsals (laughs) because I'm
1: wedged between two people who are doing the dance to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, which has 34 poses, one for every letter of of the word. Wait, you're doing it,
0: or this? No, 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 no. The dancers are doing it. Right.
1: I am sort of the elderly neighborhood guy who stands between dancers who know what they're doing. so they give me roles like guard or right. statue, you know, things like that. Is this equity? No. Well, it is. It, yeah, there are equity contracts. There. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But you're not equity. I'm not equity. You've no. never been equity. No, I was equity in Chicago for years. And then I made the mistake. I was doing work with uh, – I, I made this mistake. I'm embarrassed about it. But I was doing work with the illegitimate players. Yes. Uh, named some of those people. Oh, Keith Cooper, Ma- Maureen oh, Fitzpatrick, Keith. Yeah. Uh, right. Doug Armstrong, right. Maureen Morley. Right. Oh, uh. And we did all those literary parodies uh, of Grapes and Nuts, Christmas Twist. Which you just, you-, you We dra- did Grapes you and Nuts did. out here, right? I, and Christmas Twist, that I directed well. both of those. But um, I wanted to continue to work with the, uh, with the illegitimates, and they were non-equity, and I had gone equity for, which other people you know, uh, laughter on the twenty third floor right, at with the Rose. Fire Street with with Joe with Rose with Joey Dioria right with Ron Orbach ah. uh, the Same you know same universe. What's Ron know? Orbach doing? Ron is doing something in like San Diego right now. Uh-huh. Uh, I see it on his Facebook page. Uh, it's it's getting raves, but uh,
0: so he's still he still oh he's, still, he's so you trenches. you said yeah. that you regret it. Because oh yeah, because
1: I left Equity. It, you didn't have the option of of doing a leave of absence then so i i let my equity membership go and just said you know i'm going to figuring i can join it later and that has been just such a hassle because now i have to be in an equity show in order to rejoin although i haven't researched it recently and i think because i'm sag and aftra that i should just be able to pay the dues and buy in as right. an affiliate but i got to tell you a funny story about equity I was doing when I was upstairs from you for years at Piper's Alley Uh because you were in Second City, and I was upstairs doing Tony and Tina's with the first cast of Tony and Tina's. Right, and um, the guy who produced Tony and Tina's Equity came to him and said, uh, "This has got to be an Equity show, you know. This has got to be an Equity show." And there were only four or five of us—myself, Cassie Harlow, a couple of other people—who were uh, in SAG at the time. So they they called us. All, equity called us all into their offices and said, "You can't do this show." It's like we're not equity. It doesn't matter. You're you're an affiliate. You're a sister union. You can't do Tony and Tina's. And my first question was, why is it that um, all of a sudden we're a sister union until I want to combine earnings to get insurance or a pension, and then all of a sudden you're two very separate unions? <laughs> and they were like, "Well, you know, you just can't do it."
0: Oh my gosh!
1: So we went back to uh, we went back to the guy who was producing. Uh, Tony and Tina. What was his name? His name was Tony Tomaska. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: And what a move he made. I don't know if it was brilliant or devious, but what a move he made. Next day we went in, he said, hey, uh, food is served here, so you are now all members of the hotel and restaurant union, and I paid the dues, $25 a year. And the AFL- C- and if, if there's an AFL-CIO-related you know, affiliated union there, equity had to back off. But it's just like...
0: Who I love of that. You know what that I remember that. I remember that happening. I remember that happening. Yeah. I that happening. yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I remember you guys talking about it. I remember there was a buzz in the building. Yeah. And little de- be, little demonstration. And it time. was very interesting to me at the time because I'm I'm such a union guy. Yeah. That I was thinking good for everybody because that, and that's yeah. good for everybody. Yeah. That really is good for everybody. No, it is. It is. Yeah. And I
1: just, you know, I'm so we've been such uh, I don't know your stance on it what if you don't mind me asking what's your stance with this whole pro 99 the equity
0: you know what I I don't think anybody's making a fortune right. but I do lately have been thinking we gotta make more money yep. and what's happening in Seattle where they just up the the hourly like $15 an hour is minimum in Seattle right Everybody's going well the people are gonna go out of business and stuff like that I don't know enough about it here for the 99 seat thing and for those people who don't know it's um there's a deal that, that uh, equity has, actors' equity has with the producers and theaters that make it so that if you have 99 seats or less, you don't have to pay, you don't have to have a equity wages and you have to right. pay people, right? Right, right, right? So I feel, and this is what I feel about about being an actor in general and an artist in general, can we make it so that we make money? Right. How do we do right. that? Does that mean that we've got to uh, up uh, the ticket price right. because the people that are going to go to the theater are going to go to the theater now here 's another thing uh, I do a show in I do a show in San Francisco with Rachel Hamilton, and we do a two person improv show. You might have another group with us okay. that open a really great group so we do forty five minutes and this other group does forty five minutes half an hour and it 's going to be. We charge twenty dollars a ticket we charge twenty dollars a ticket right. and that money goes to Rachel splits it with the people that were working it. Right, right. The house gets paid. Because you're four-walling
1: it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what ends up happening is I walk away from doing a show, two shows, with $300 for 45 minutes of my fucking work, doing what I love to do. So, And I'm telling all these actors, like, stop calling yourself starving artists, because what's ending up happening is you're making that, you know everybody's saying, oh, you're an actor, you don't get paid. Well, fuck all that. Yeah, right. How can we make it so that we get paid? Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I, agree. I think that the, the the problem for me with the equity waiver thing, I think that definitely changes have to be made because equity there's waiver, so many, so the many people...
0: Yeah, uh, the equity waiver is the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah.
1: The uh, there, there's so many people that um, you know go into it, and uh, there's there are places that don't even really honor the equity... They call themselves equity waiver, and they don't even honor those minimal contracts. Right. Uh, right. And right. I think that the 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 problem being is that there has to be a distinction. I mean, here's the here's the beef that equity has that I could really understand. And I think it has to be, I mean it has to be re-examined. I think it's too vast a change for right now. But the, the beef that equity has, and I think this is very valid, is it's not just that it's a missed revenue source for them. It's nothing for them there's no money to be made from them and they still have to use manpower and hours to regulate those contracts to handle complaints mm. to handle isu- all of those issues so i could certainly see you know that they have people to pay and i right. understand that i
0: never even thought about it. i didn't yep. i never thought about that no. yeah
1: so uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on the vote so what I mean. what's your feeling about it i you know i Produce Equity Waiver Theatre in right. town. I have a, a, a theater company, a Sea Glass Theater Company, mm-hmm. and there's no question that if this went through, we would not. I mean, we're on hiatus now because our artistic director has moved to London and we're sort of regrouping. But if this were to happen, there's no way we could we could produce uh, because it just it it's you know even at seven to nine dollars a show. It, this this is the point that is offensive to me. Even. Uh, minimum wage is still an insult. They're talking about raising it up to minimum wage. Even minimum wage is an insult. I would rather, they said to me, here's a thousand dollars and don't, and, and, and I would donate it back to the company, you know, and just do that because it's not, in terms of the starving artist thing, it's, people are not doing equity waiver to make money. They're doing it to keep skill skills sharp and they're doing it to remain uh fertile and creatively irrigated right while they audition for film and television. This is why we live here. There's not there there is live theater here, but if you collect and, you know, this might not be a popular thing to say, but if you look at the 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 amount of uh, live theater that is here, the ratio of quality live theater versus lesser quality theater, is is much higher in Chicago. It's much higher in New York. Of I'm, I'm not saying that there's not phenomenal theater in Los Angeles. There right. is, but there's also a lot of dreck. Right. And there's a lot of dreck because there's a lot of shows where the cast is entirely trained on acting for camera. Right. Or or acting for commercials. Right. And it's an unpopular position to take. But the fact of the matter is, it's 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 true. There's phenomenal live theater in Los Angeles. There's also a
0: lot of crap. But isn't that true of
1: anywhere? It is, but when you think of the saturation of actors here, right. there's just going to be more simply by the numbers. Right. You know? Right. So I don't know. Make it some, make I, some I, really, it. That, I I think it's
0: really I I I still go to that little section where it's like but if we can make money, can we? I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying on all levels because yeah. certainly looking at... Oh, I'm
1: all for making money, believe me. No, I know, yeah, yeah, wait, I know yeah. that.
0: I know that. Yeah. I know that. I yeah, Absolutely. And I also go, how do you do both? How can we do both? And the thing is like, if someone could fucking figure that out, it would have been done already. Yeah, yeah. Um, a major thing that you said that really got me was the amount of dreck that's out here. Yeah. The yeah. absolute amount of dreck that's out here. Yeah. And... I look at it, because I pretty much see it from the improv point of view, where I sit and I watch people, or I'll be in a show, and I'll, let's say I'll sit and watch a show, and I'll think, what the fuck are you doing up there?
1: There's nothing worse than bad improv. Oh, there if you told me... There's nothing worse no, than bad improv.
0: Right. There's, and, and, and because An of that... An empty theater is better than, than a bad improv. Oh, my God. And, yeah, and if yeah. you if you said to me, I'm doing a play, I, you say, I'm doing Mary Poppins, and i am be like, oh, I'm, yeah. I wonder if I could, I could probably... go find the time to do that but if you said I'm going I've got an improv show I'm like oh there's no way there's just no way I would even entertain the thought of coming to your improv show yeah which is you know you might want to go that's a horrible thing to say but there are certain people that I go okay there's a group of people out here called uh cook Cook county social club or something like that and uh god I'm so sorry I don't remember their names uh they're great the reckoning great uh, those are groups that are out here. They're fucking great. Everything that Impro does, you know, yeah, Dan O'Connor, yeah, yeah. like all that smart fucking stuff. They're the with, ones that play at the Falcon, right? They play at the Falcon. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. play at uh, Pasadena Playhouse. Yeah. You know, they're all, they play at the Odyssey, I saw I their, uh,
1: their uh, Twilight Zone thing. Yeah, yeah right, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: right. Yeah. I saw them do, I've, I've worked with them to doing the Shakespeare, uh, no, um, a film noir. I think I did a film noir or Shakespeare, one of the two. And... It, it was just the most frighteningly awesome thing to sit and watch. Yeah. But I go to see shows at I.O., or I go to be in a show at I.O., and they'll throw me in. I'm thinking, I, you're not serious, are you? Yeah. You're yeah.
1: fucking not serious. Right, right, Yeah. They think that they, they, they don't realize the, the technical prowess. They don't realize the skill set. I have this idea of that that improv is like pizza that is like blowjobs. Okay. And that is that everyone
0: thinks they're good at it. <laughs> 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 and, that's really true. And there's true. so
1: many people that are.
0: Yeah, and yeah. that's also true. This is interesting <laughs> because you go to New York, and for me, I feel like they've got good They've got some decent improv yeah. in New York. And I'm not crazy about their uh, their pizza. I don't know anything about their blowjobs. But it's like you go to different cities and you go, Chicago, good yeah. pizza, yeah. good improv. Not quite sure about the no, blowjob. I, blow I, I guess I guess I'm, I'm I'm not I haven't been I haven't been shopping blowjobs. Yes, jobs as it's been twenty five plus years <laughs> since
1: I since I've had pizza. Oh, thank you. You see what I did there? Oh, so it's working. You, you were singing That's and then it went you the other way. way. It's called
0: it a flip. <laughs> you flipped <it. laughs> yeah, No, I and I, uh, I mentioned it the other day, and I, and uh, I was in a show, and um, I'm sitting. I'm in a show and uh, at a theater, and they asked me. They asked me to join this group of students, or I don't know who they were, and I just lost my fucking mind. Really? And because they called me up, and I don't think the guys. and, and here's the thing. I don't think they know who I, I, how I am. Called you, up,
1: called you up in what to, capacity? To perform. To perform. perform okay, them. all
0: right. And I don't, and but these, it was instructional,
1: too. It was, it was the, instructional, yeah, right. Right. Right, right, right.
0: And I don't think that they knew who I was. And it's not to say who I was, like, in terms of, uh, I, do you know who I am? No. It's more along the lines of, I'm here to help you. Right, right, I'm right, here to right, help right. you. Yeah. So in what capacity the you were there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm here to help you as, as a fellow actor. And if you watch what I'm doing, and do me a favor. Just model what I'm doing and and just slow it all the fuck down because improvisation as far as i'm concerned is really buddhist you sit you're you sit in the moment you live in the moment you you are inspired by the moment if you think you know where the fuck you're going you're out of the moment right right and so i want to shake these bastards and what i've decided to do is not to do that show anymore
1: what was the median age of the people who were there well
0: that's an interesting thing yeah. i think that that cuz i'm the median age is probably twenties, yeah. you know, and because of course that's the
1: speed factor right there. It's this. It's the generation. It's the. It's the texting. It's the. Well, but I, know, so I look
0: at it. I look at it because I do. I do all that too. So I, you know, but I do look at it in a way saying. that I. I want to say I blame the teachers, right. but that's a okay. such an unfortunate sentence. Um, but I really blame the process of education. Because the process of education, what they're doing is form follows function. So if you have 18 people in a class and you have eight levels and you've got to get people through the eight levels, you're going to speed up what you're doing and not give people enough time to let that lesson that you're teaching soak in, in order for you to get to another lesson. So there's a speed factor. There's also a factor of like, if I don't get this out right away, I'm going to be tagged out and somebody else is going to come in. Right, right. People want want their time and don't, yeah, right, right,
1: right. It's, self, it's self-preservation uh, It's self-preservation improv. And it's like it's like the same thing going back to what we said before about the quality of theater. It's because uh, uh, so much of the theater out here is not theater but showcases that you don't have the communal effort of let or the communal mindset of let's all create this piece together. You have this thing of how can I out how can I as B outshine A C D and E and then you don't have any communal work you have you know you have Lord of the Flies
0: yes you know? yes yes yeah. yes um, and and I'm thinking back about the illegitimate players yeah and I'm thinking oh. back on you know Tony and Tina and I'm thinking back on Jay Leggett directed that didn't he Jay Leggett directed it later he directed yeah. It later yeah so. So looking back on, on it was originally on,
1: directed by a guy named Larry Pellegrini, who directed the original production in New York. Right, it was the first guy, and then Jay came on a little later, uh, and and also Jay, I think, also wrote and directed a a gay version Yes. Tony and uh, something, but that they used the space for, which was yes. really groundbreaking at the time. It was read.
0: groundbreaking. Yeah. And, but yeah. you look at all those, you look at that shit, and you go, okay, what is it that what what's the um, what's the, the meal is made up of the ingredients. Right. A delicious meal is made up of delicious ingredients. A delicious meal is made up of delicious ingredients um, cooked by a chef who knows what it is that they're doing. Right. So for me, looking at all of this, I'm thinking, okay, what... What is what is it that we're teaching what is it that we're teaching improvisers right now? All right, are we teaching them to be collaborative? Are we teaching them because are we teaching them to be collaborative? Are we teaching them to listen to each other? Are we teaching them to be in the moment? Are we teaching them all the things that you get taught in in theater school? Right. But for some fucking reason, yeah. it's it's improv isn't even a redheaded stepchild. Improv is a whole fucking other beast in people's minds. Improv is not is, is viewed only as a springboard to something. Else. Clearly, yeah. but then you look at what TJ and Dave are doing. TJ Jugoski and Dave Pasquazi are doing. Yeah. They're yeah. they're they're doing it on a total fucking different level than so many other people. Now, I'm not knocking. Uh, by any means, the short form, the comedy sports stuff that people do, the theater sports. that right, right, But this right. is different. Right, 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 right. Because you are in a theater doing scenes. We call them scenes. That's what they're called in theater. Right. When was the last time somebody talked about blocking on stage in improv? Like moving from here to there, being aware of what it is that you're doing? I
1: don't know. Fucking I don't know. ever, yeah. never. yeah. I, I, I think that the last that I saw of that was, the, uh, was the, the time with the illegitimates because there was just a real sense of, you know, of course there was improv, but it was because in addition to the, the literary parodies, they did like the illegitimate players on television. And they had a great thing called the comedy option, which was a, uh, a corporate offshoot where they would do you know corporate gigs. Right. But it was, in thinking back on it, it really was about creating this larger thing. There were elements of improv in the final product. But I, I wonder if what you're describing, David, has to do with the fact that the entertainment world is so... F- is so fractured now, and there's so much self-producing with, with the internet, with the videos, with the with the fact that the, every one of us has 800 channels. Is it, is it because of the of of the self-production that uh, performers are more isolated and thinking more in terms of creating their own work and generating their own product rather than creating these? Communal efforts that that live theater is. I wonder if that's a factor at all.
0: Well, if you also look at it, you go, okay. How do I? um, I just discovered something very interesting. Uh, How do I? uh, What's my? Again, I go back to the education, but I also go back to the idea of what's what's your intention with my daughter? What do you want? What do you want this to be? (laughs) Because I know for me. I was, the the main fucking thing was I wanted to be an ensemble member. That's what I wanted to be. I right. wanted to be part of a group. That's what I wanted it to be. I don't know that I would blame uh, ADD or ADHD on, on all that. Or Because for me, if you love something, you're going to follow through on it no matter what. And right. everything else right. that, that is, a, nothing else is a distraction. Because your main thing is I'm going to get my rocks off on this fucking thing. Right,
1: right. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I wish I knew the answer to that, and I don't. You know, and I just would love to know where it. I don't want to say it went south, but I I would love to know where that shift happened. Um, my uh, my wife is in Chicago right now, and they, they had a second city show, uh, at one at the high school in Skokie, up where um, her sister lives with uh, their kids, and uh, Monica was astounded that there were kids of that age. 15, 16, 17 years old who had to be told what second city was. Right. And they lived in Chicago. Right. You know, how do you live in Chicago and not know what second city is? I know. You know, I just I I, I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand that um, at
0: all. I, I think that I now I understand what you're saying in terms of the distractions because if you're if you're going for here's another thing. You know, and this might have to do with what you're talking about. Because I think about when I Okay, there's two things. You're wondering where it went south. Yeah. I think in terms of improvisation, where it went south was improv. Uh, when I was taught improv, and you, you, you studied improv? I
1: studied improv. I never did in Chicago. You never did in Chicago? I never did in Chicago, <laughs> I did in Chicago but I did, I did study improv and, of course, well, all the work. With who me.
0: did you? Wh- when where? I was in school. When, when you I, were in I, school? Okay, state, fine. SUNY so, Newpalt, yeah. Great. So your improv experience was taught, your improv education was taught to you by people who were actors yeah. and theater mm-hmm. people, Yeah. right? And it was a course. It wasn't just a, you know, it wasn't
1: part of of like, oh, we're going to do improv now to do this scene. Work got it. Or whatever. It, right. was, it, it, was somebody, it
0: was It yeah. was it was a focused thing. It wasn't yeah. like we're going to something figure out something to...
1: wonderful right away. Was our textbook. Got and, yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Got, it, yeah. got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Oh, yay. Um, that's great. Um, Jerry Sweet will be happy to know that <laughs> he probably does, it right? Um, but it, for me, you uh, you were taught improv by people who knew theater. Right. I was taught improv by actors who were, you know, I think about Jeff Machowski, I think about uh, Sheldon Patinkin, I think about being inspired by uh, Bernie Sollins, like all these people who had theater in their blood. Theater, right. legitimate right. theater, mm-hmm. plays, new blocking plays, had literary references in their head and playwrights. And now, improvisers are teaching improvisers improvisation. So that, that, is where That went south. Yeah. That, you're getting a blurrier copy each time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, Paul? The thing yeah. is that, that the toothpaste is already out of the tube. There's nothing that you can do about it. There's nothing that one can do about it except be the change that you want to see. Right. So uh, or in, in this instance, it's I am not letting any fucking body do, do that crap yeah. in my class anymore. Yeah. And I have made people cry.
1: So what happened when you talked about uh, when you exploded? You mentioned earlier
0: when you were helping with those uh, students and you exploded. On stage, this is what I did, on stage, I did this. I, there was a scene between two guys. I mentioned this on another podcast. There was a scene between two guys, and there was a call for something. Right. And I entered, and they ignored me. And I'm like, I think you called me. And I heard laughter from my former, from former students or people that have worked with me. I was like, you called me. And they ignored me again. I go, listen to me. Listen, I'm here. And I literally said, I am here to help you through the character, I said. Yeah. But the actors saying that as well. Yeah. And they went, okay, and they ignored me. I'm like, and so I walked off stage and I was like, here's the thing. I will never do that again. I will never do that show again. I will never fucking do that show again. Yeah. Because first off, I want them to know that I'm here. That's what I did. So, I mean, so how
1: did it, uh, how did it, uh, you just walked off and then was it discussed later? Did you, did you get No, no, no,
0: with... we, no, we, no, we, nobody discusses it later. Nobody talks about it later. Nobody <laughs> talks about it before. You get up there and that's what I'm saying. Right, it's right. fucking slop. Right. It's slop. Okay. And... No,
1: no, I only, I, 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 I know in the world of performance, I was just curious because you said you were also there in a teaching capacity. Well, I, w- yeah, yeah. but I
0: was there as a teacher. It's like, right. ladies and gentlemen, Dave right. I get called up on stage, second uh, city, Dave Rizowski, whatever the fuck it's going to be.
1: Are you the J.K. Simmons of, of
0: improv? Are I, you the Whiplash
1: improv guy? I believe I am. Really? I,
0: I believe I, I. I looked at that guy and I thought I know exactly what he's doing. I consider myself more the Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know, yeah.
0: Like coming into a uh, coming to a restaurant, going, I know exactly what's going on here because yeah. I will look at a thing, and go, I know exactly who the problem is, yeah. Yeah. not what the problem is, because it's never what the problem. It's yeah. never what's the problem. It's who's the problem. Yeah.
1: And you can and you have that awareness
0: yeah, yeah but you can see it as well yeah I can I can
1: I'm not as I'm not as comfortable with those <clears throat> skills that I would be able to call it out in directing I, I will that's what I mean Direct like theatrical direction I will call people out I will tell people that you know uh, you know I won't I, I try not to be unkind or mean about it but sometimes when you're just not heard over and over you just have to be like um, I did directed a show. Uh, when, I was, when I was directing one of the old player shows, without going into too much detail about it, I had one actor who was in a completely different play. Right. And he was completely unaware of the fact that the choices he was making, the size of the performance, his, uh, his, just his vocal choices, simple vocal choices, I was just like, are, are you getting anything that's happening around you? Are you watching the other people on stage in terms of what is happening? Whatever was delivered to him by another actor on stage, you got the same line reading, you got the same response. It's like, why are the rest of us here right. if you're just going to mail in those those dyed-in-the-wool line readings that aren't going to change? If you're if you're playing a scene right. with a six-year-old girl or a, or a seventy-year-old a man, and your reaction to that character is going to be exactly the same. You know, it just uh, drove me batshit.
0: So, what did you say?
1: That, I, I you said him, all that. I, I, you I, said all I, that. I did. I told him that privately. Right. Because And that wasn't really so much about not feeling that it was you know, or feeling it was inappropriate, but because having worked with him, how, how fragile this particular actor's ego was, that I knew that I, the wall would just get thrown up if I talked to him about it, you know, in, in an open. Right, but, and you want to have a dialogue because acting is a very private, yeah. personal yeah. thing. Yeah. But the other actors started to be angry with him because the, in addition to this, he was, he, was, he was so locked into these things that the, the, the natural comedic rhythms of the scenes never happened mm-hmm. because they always ground to a halt when it came to him because he was locked into his reads.
0: It's so interesting yeah. how we, in order, f- you tell, in improv, you tell me who I am if you, right. uh, you know and, right. and it's not like oh you're the doctor who did it. it's more along the lines of right now you've got to stop moving around so much like at that moment I'm right. in emotional response to you right if I don't give you those gifts we fucking can't move on yeah. if I'm not emotionally connected we can't move on no. and I and it's such, such an interesting thing that you just said because I feel like if you're watching a play and you you've got Bob and Tina and you're looking at Bob and you're going, Bob's just fucking not bringing it. Yeah. I don't know that it's Bob's fault. It could be <laughs> yeah. that Tina isn't giving Bob what Bob needs in order for Bob to forward, the, to forward his emotional journey. Exactly. And the, be, uh, the best example of
1: that is the one, you know, people don't realize the importance of Carl Reiner to the 2,000-year-old man. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Because the Carl Reiner, I mean, uh, uh, Mel Brooks obviously has the showy zingers and all that, but it is because of the line that, and the, throwing that line out and reeling it in, it's the way Carl Reiner handles it that allows Mel Brooks to shine like that. And it's and it's it's more than straight guy. I hate the oversimplification over-simplific- of straight man. Yes. Because it's just, you know, because... It, it, to say that Dean Martin was not a brilliant comedic mind because he was the straight man to Jerry Lewis is, is a, a, a incredible disservice. So, I mean, I just, I think that's what that's what you're talking about. It's yes. that dance of the two it, it, yeah. That's
0: really, really interesting, because yeah. I also think about it with, uh, uh, okay, Abbott and Costello, who's on first? Yeah, oh All yeah. Right? Now, that's an interesting thing, because for me, that's the, uh, that's, because, uh, lou costello is a straight man right but not in that yeah yeah in that bud abbott is the straight man yeah. and i look at that duo and i go they knew who the fuck they were at that moment and i kind of wonder if they ever played it the other way you know where 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 the who's on first was was lou right saying who's on first but you i look at that and i also think about the people that I've worked with, and I look at... what a, a light went off in my mind when I was working with Carell or Colbert or anybody at Second City who I would look and i go, they are the funniest fucking people I know. Like, Co- Carell is motherfucking funny. He's gonna be big, mark my words. Carell <laughs> is so fucking funny. But you know what Steve can't do? He, he can't be that funny without me. And that was a realization, right. is I will not... This is not a competition. This is a collaboration. Yeah. So again, I go back to Bud Abbott cannot be that character if Lou Costello isn't there. Dean Martin cannot be that character. Right. Um, uh, uh, George Burns cannot be without Gracie. Bob Hope cannot be right. without Bing. That's why like, they're
1: not stand-ups. Right. That's why they're not stand-ups. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah.
0: the interesting thing, and it go, might go back to what we're talking about here, and I've had this discussion before, and certainly uh, my girlfriend and I just talked about it. Um, a couple things. The comedy duo... Where is it?
1: Yeah, really. When you think about it, the comedy duo in, in our culture, in our artistic culture now, has become the buddy movie. The way that we sort of satiate that is by creating these films where there's, there's partners, uh, this new one, Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. They, they sort of create that dynamic in filmdom. But it doesn't really exist performance-wise.
0: Well, well, yeah. you've got Key and Peele. Yeah, Which has
1: really, which has really plummeted. To uh, I I think the last couple of uh, the last season has not been nearly as strong as the first. I
0: I have a feeling that I know what it is. I think that they're done. Really, I just think that they're done. I think that when I say they're done, I mean with that, with that medium. Right. And I could be totally wrong. Um, I have not watched much of it this this season, but I look at that and I go, How long can you keep that up? Yeah. And but th- that, that's a duo, and yeah, I also understand yeah. that. But then there's this question of this that we've talked about. There, it, there are no female comedy duos. Uh,
1: Garfunkel and Oates.
0: Great. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That's it.
1: Mean, Garfunkel and Oates.
0: Yes. Garfunkel yeah. and Oates. Yes. And,
1: and, of course, they're more musically inclined. Yes. Uh, Which is uh,
0: Smothers Brothers as well. Well, I Brothers. mean, just looking oh. at that, musically inclined, I'm just I'm yeah. g- doing yeah. that, I'm just using that as an example.
1: I met the Smothers Brothers, one of the high points of my life was meeting the two of them. That they were doing a show at the Laugh Factory, and a friend of mine uh, at the time, Rick Marcelli, uh, was, uh, was uh, doing either managing them or doing PR for them. Went backstage and talked to them and it was like they were the kindest, most loving, genuinely interested in what I was talking about, Fred Willard was there as well. And it's just like meeting those two, meeting the Smothers Brothers, was the equivalent of meeting Laurel and Hardy or or meeting Abbott and Costello. It's just uh, just
0: brilliant. Uh, and you also look at what those guys did politically. Oh yeah, and the
1: fact that everyone thinks that that, that Tommy, uh, Tommy Smothers was this brilliant lefty. You know, just this hippie, you know, just because the way they had they were forced to look, it's almost like that the Beatles, you know, before the Beatles you know, grew their beards oh, and everything yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. But he was militant at the time, and Dicky was just, and, and the whole idea that... The, Dickie,
0: but for those of you who don't know, Dickie played the... Dicky was the a stand-up bass. bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Tommy, and Tommy played, played, played the guitar, yeah. but Tommy yeah.
1: was, and Dicky will say this, it just, Tommy was the engine of those two. Uh-huh. And he was, you know, not that not that uh, Dickie's mother didn't bring it in, but there was far more a sense of going in to do the job for, for Dickie Smothers but Tommy sort of Tommy was um, the the Credence guy John
0: uh, John Fogerty
1: John Fogerty yeah Tommy was John Foger uh-huh. Tommy was Pete Townsend right you know and the other guys you know were brilliant right. but they were definitely beta Yes, you
0: know, to, yes, yes, yes. Beta. Uh, yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Because, that, yeah. so you're saying, when you say militant, you're not talking oh. about, you're talking about just in terms of the work? Oh, no, mil, uh, about politically militant, Polit- just the stuff. That so you're saying the- that, but it's interesting to me because... So you're saying that? Were you saying that Tommy was a, Repu- a Nixon Republican? No, no, no. He was. He was all anti-establishment. That's what I he thought was, too, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he, he was, was so but he was much militant, militant.
1: I'm sorry, militant in his ideas. Got it. Uh, about about the uh, counterculture and the hippie movement and the get out of Vietnam and all of that. Okay, great. I and see It was that. never really. It was able to appear, you know, in their comedy. But because they had such a clean cut image, it was really something that they fought against. Yes.
0: You know. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I. I, I, I look at also the people that they hired, Oh yes. writers there, right, uh, I think Carl Gottlieb wrote
1: something. Carl he, Gottlieb uh, was, was the, the, the Jaws guy, right? Jaws oh, right.
0: and the Jerk. Really? He wrote the fucking Jerk. Wow. He wrote the Jerk. And he them. wrote Jaws. And he was a guest <laughs> on ADD Comedy. Didn't
1: Paul Mooney write for them? Paul Mooney, didn't he write? for Paul the Mooney? Mooney,
0: the old actor from the '30s.
1: No, no, no. A uh, black actor, uh, stand-up. Paul Mooney. Uh, he played uh, the first role that comes to mind. Is he played Sam Cook in the Buddy Holly story? Is a friend of Richard Pryor. I don't. I don't know him. Paul Mooney. Yeah, I thought he was a writer on the show too. I don't know. If on the Smothers not, Brothers. On the Smothers Brothers. Yeah. I don't know if Pryor was. But, Pryor was.
0: Um, well, Pryor was on the Smothers Brothers. Right. Okay. All right. Or
1: was, was who's yet, oh, oh the guy um, um, who just did a, uh, the coffee uh, comedians and cars with coffee with the Seinfeld. Uh,
0: Super Dave Osborne. Oh yeah, yeah. OK. Dave. Oh Dave uh, Dave, uh, Dave Einstein. Dave. Yeah, Dave Einstein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Albert was, Brooks' brother.
1: Yeah. And then he became officer, he was Officer Julie and Skits on this on the I can't believe the shit I'm pulling out of my ass. I no, the, it but it. it's one
0: of the things where you go, <laughs> where you really get, you we geek out on that sort of I know, stuff. Just, where we say, this person was connected to that person was connected to that person was connected to that person. So yeah. when you have somebody like Edie McClure who was on the show, who was on the podcast, and you got Edie who is like, these people are zealigs of comedy, they were yeah. at this place, they were at that place, they met that person, they met that person, you're going, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. But, and you look at the, you look at those causal
1: events too, you look at things like uh, uh, your show of shows, and you look at the writing, uh, uh, you look at uh, Neil Simon, and and uh, Woody Allen, right. and Carl Reiner, and right. Mel Brooks, and Larry Gelbart, right. and all that, and then you look at filmdom where that happens, you look, best example, d- d- Diner. Everyone in Diner is famous yes. now. Yes. Every single character yes. in that film, I mean of, of, the, of the primary cast, became a famous actor and no one was anyone that did this. You have to you look at Barry Levinson and you look at what, what, what sort of awareness and perception do you have as a brilliant filmmaker to know that, Casting. that, that you're... Yeah. To, to select these people. Yes. You know, that, that how important that but is. But
0: that also says a lot about the casting director, too. Oh, of and course. The, and that yeah. person who's just done that work yeah. underneath it. Uh, what was uh, 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 American Graffiti, right? That was the yep. name of it, right? You look at American Graffiti and look at all the fucking people that were in that yeah. movie, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford was in that movie. Harrison Ford, Cindy Williams. Right.
1: Um, the guy who was also in uh, uh, Three Names. Uh, he was in Untouchables. He was also in Buddy Holly's Story. Um okay. He was uh, the nerd in... Uh, yes, yes, uh, yes Charles yes. Martin Smith. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Great actor. Yeah, phenomenal. Very underappreciated. Right. Actor. But yeah. there's so many people that I look at. We're, we're, we want Mackenzie Phillips. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Suzanne Summers. Yes, the girl on the white TV. We are <laughs> geeking out, man.
1: I tell you. We are geeking out. I'm, but, I'm like, getting like, my no. action figures, man. Get my uh,
0: action figures. Uh, uh, and... Uh, uh, but we also do this when we're in Chicago, like looking at what, and for me, I, that was such a seminal part in my life, and uh, coming from Chicago and looking at the cast that we had and the people that we worked with, and, and those people are out here now really making fucking great art. Yeah, and like um, Soloway Sisters. The Soloway yeah, Sisters. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Jill and Faith, great example. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the work that Jill and Faith, certainly the work that those two uh, are giving to people that other people don't know, like underappreciated actors, uh, Alexandra Billings. Do you know Alex? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean
1: Alex. Is- I saw her do le- with uh, someone else who was just on your show, an old friend of mine, who's just who's a perfect example of Chicago uh, doing well. Jim O'Hare. Yeah. Uh, did uh, Vampire Lesbians of Sodom at the Royal George in Alexander. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And and all that and the, and the minds that came out of that and I I could not be prouder of of the people that I've known. And I had a really big discussion with somebody about uh, professional jealousy. Um, my girlfriend Laura had read me a blog that somebody wrote and it was just like, oh, I'm, I see Corral and I'm just so angry at what's going on. I'm like, fucking knock it the fuck off with your jealousy. No,
1: no, because so, I, and,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. If you, it, not, knock it the fuck off with your jealousy is not the right note. Because I don't like to teach in the negative. What I want to say is, embrace your uniqueness and leave everybody else the fuck alone.
1: No, it's just it, it, the minute the minute you start the minute you start comparing yourself, you 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 leave this business, because there will always be those people. There will always be. You know those people that are, and and what those people being who the, the, the people the people who become zillionaires. the mm-hmm. people who do, they will always be there. But the fact of the matter is, it does does. Are you going to take their success and take it and then measure measure your own self, your own self worth, your own sense of creativity? Here's the thing: when I came out here, I didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't really do very well in film and television when I first came out here. And it's something that I still struggle with. But that opportunity of realizing that, you know what, I have to do something. So what did I do? Rather than whine and be a pussy about it, I said, let me create my own work. I wrote a show called Straight Up With a Twist. I wrote it to do it eight times at the, at the um, Helms Bakery building. Mm-hmm. Eight performances became nine years on the road and 1,400 performances of that show. It kicked off the metrosexual craze here. It was three years before Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the whole premise being a straight guy that is perceived as gay because he knows food or fashion whatever. And all of that was born of adversity. It was because, you know what, I'm not getting enough film and TV auditions. Let me do this. And then this thing happened. Now, I had two choices there. I could have sat back and whined in my beer and cried in my beer about people that I had known from Chicago or whatever who were you know, on sitcoms or whatever, but you, you redirect the energy, that's all you do. And it just, it drives me crazy when people talk about that. It's like, you know, I think because so many people are unfortunately, there are people who enjoy uh, reveling in other people's misery yes. so a lot of people have a tendency to just go yeah thank yeah. you um have a tendency to just go oh wow boy he's he's doing really good does that bother you? Does that bother you? And it's just like that's what this I, and guy I did. I just want my 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 old school New York dago comes out when that happens. Yeah, you know, I just I get very Italian. when yep. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. it's just like I. You, you think I don't know exactly what you're doing? You're yep. trying to you're trying to start a little fire here, and it's just you know. You got oh. it. You, you got to give it up, man. It's toxic.
0: I. It that's exactly what it was. Like that yeah. thing. Like, can you believe? Doesn't that make you feel? Oh yeah. my God! Look at that. And then he steps away and says,
1: yeah.
0: "There we go." Yeah. yeah. But the, what you're saying about things being birthed through adversity, yeah. and people go, "Yeah, you got to be really courageous about that." I don't think you have to be really courageous about that. I think what you have to do is you got to say. I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going I am going oh, to do this. You know what? I got to I got to correct that. When I
1: say it was born of adversity, it was because something happened to me personally
0: which was uh, adverse, which was adverse,
1: which was out of nowhere I got I I overnight practically dropped into just uh, anxiety attacks and stage fright that I had never had. So I turned like 35, 36, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, anxiety attacks and and incapacitating stage fright. So I said, and never an issue before, and then I said, you know what? I have to stare down this dragon. What's going to scare me more than anything else? Autobiographical one-person show. (laughs) If I can do that, I will be six fucking ten and bulletproof and then that was what i needed to do so that to me is more the adverse side of the or the causal event
0: uh, great yeah. i mean for me that's yeah. lovely because who doesn't who hasn't experienced those moments it there's a tipping point there's something that happens where you go, yeah, adversity, 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 adversity. But there's one that where you go, you snap it and go, no the fuck more. No yeah. more, no more. Yeah. That, no more. But you've got to go through it yeah. in order to get to it. Yeah, exactly. You've got to go through it in order to get to it. And and when it's that thing that Churchill said, like when you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And you have
1: to go through it if you're going to continue, and I think that's why a lot of people throw in the towel because it's more comfortable to retreat.
0: Than Ooh, to man, a lot. It would have been
1: easier for me. It would have been far easier. But for me. but really, could you have done that? I don't know that you could have Not done in that. Not yeah. I don't think that you could have no, abandoned. No. I, I would have. I would have gone. I, I, you're right. I would have gone back because that 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 part of my soul wouldn't have been filled.
0: Clearly. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, I, 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 you, there's a difference between abandoning and surrendering. Abandoning is uh, surrendering, yeah. is letting go of that which no longer serves Very true. you. Okay, that is surrendering, where you go because you have surrendered a lot. Yeah. You and surrendering means you didn't abandon those things, they just didn't serve you anymore. And then what you discovered was they didn't serve you anymore because this other thing is now serving you. Do you understand what I mean? Right, yeah, and mm-hmm. and so what have you? what i'm get so excited about this what have you abandoned in your life i don't know if you really take a look at something that you feel like i just stepped away from that i walked away i don't know that that is something that anybody's really done you yeah, yeah, uh i don't know that i'm i'm not i i, I what, uh, you
1: mean it, uh, i can tell you in terms of me I, it's it's funny no one has ever opposed that and that's very true david i have never i've never abandoned anything and i've also and, and I think the the if if I have if if I have one skill if I have one skill that I know that I have it is I am completely fearless about doing something that I have never ever done before.
0: Oh wait, but, wait hold on let me just let me just yeah. run through that in my head. Yeah. I am completely fearless of Doing that, which I've never done. Doing before. something that I've never done. Before. Doing something, I'm, I'm completely right. fearless, right. about doing something uh, to do something yeah. that I've never done. Going back to
1: your point about not yes. abandoning myself. Yes. Got it. Got and it. Got, got it. Got it. I realized that's what's kept me going because I didn't. I had never done a one-person show. I did that. I would never written a, a short film or produced or acted a short film that was very successful. Uh, other other uh, stage plays that I wrote uh, with the uh, co-wrote with the illegitimate um, had never done it, and I think that is uh, that has helped my that fueled the, the lack of abandonment for me, uh, not abandoning something, is because I never needed to have something to go to that I knew how to do, because I was never afraid to try something Yes, new, you Yes, know? yes. And I think that that, uh, that goes back to the whole, I think it goes back to the abandonment point. Either, well,
0: uh, yeah. I, lack of it. I, abandon is such an interesting word. Yeah. yeah. Because... Well, have you ever? I'm. I'm thinking about it now. I, did I abandon my 14-year marriage? I did not abandon my 14-year marriage. I did not walk away from my marriage. I walked. What I did was, I really kept fucking working at that marriage for me to work for what I needed to work. And then one day again, it was that adversity that I went. I can't do this anymore right and my I can't do this anymore wasn't I'm going to wallow in my can't do it this anymore Miss right, 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 right. what it was was is' an, it was an embracing of I get to do this I whatever this was, I don't want to be in this angry of a relationship anymore right. because I'm okay. watching people have joy and that. The moment that I went and I said, look at all the joy livers, the joy creators, the joy enjoyers, look at all those joy enjoyers. And it's like, I have just went, oh, that is now, that smell is pulling me in right, because right. that smell that used to pull me in, I don't smell it anymore. Right. That force that used to be what, what was powerful for me, that has weakened so much because that... And then I went, okay, that's what I'm doing. I did right. not abandon it. Right, though. right,
1: right. Is that that's not abandonment? Is no. that I mean, that could be just perceived as rising? Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but
0: I know my, my wife and her family, my ex-wife and her family, they think you walked away from it. And I want to go, you don't live inside of me. You have no fucking idea what I went through. You
1: also don't walk away from something that you've put 14 years into. Just by virtue of the fact that for, it, it lasted 14 years is testament to the fact that it hasn't been walked away from. Clearly. You walk away from someone and when you're married a year and a half and you're like, this is not you know what it should have been or whatever. But a 14-year life investment
0: is not, uh, you know... I don't think that... I think that even that year and a half thing where you go, you don't walk away from that. It doesn't serve you Yeah, but anymore. you don't know this
1: chick. I dated. <laughs> oh! No, pizza! No, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> <money. Yes. laughs>
0: she made the... She, she gave sh- the best oh, pizza. pizza. Oh, that, that's She just, gave... That's going to be like, but, oh, and but, the, but, the toppings... Forget. It. What I, again? I'm just going back to what the fuck abandon means. Yeah. What does abandon mean? Like if you go, I abandoned my children. Okay, he abandoned his children. She abandoned her children. She abandoned it.
1: And I, I would say, actually, the children thing to me would be the the primary example of abandonment. Abandonment to me is if you have a responsibility to others that you have made, and you do not meet that anymore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then that is then that is abandoned, especially in regard to children because you you know you you know they're there because of you. Right. You know
0: and they're not done.
1: Right. And they're not <laughs> done. Right. They're not done. You have to stay with them at least till they're done cooking.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You've got to, they're not done. They're not and, done. You, and, and again, you have to say, <laughs> and when they're 18, you could say that they're done cooking. But yeah. I don't know any parent who will ever say, uh, okay.
1: Oh, are you kidding? My mother's fine. My mother's waiting in the car. <laughs> you
0: keep her there. No, I, but, no, right. You know, right. I'll right. just sit in the car. Bro. Yeah. I'll just sit there. And then after a while, you're get go, me go, one fine. of those scones. The blueberry ones. Bring me up during the show. Uh, it, it, I'll bring you a tap floor because you're doing your thing. I, I know, but I, I go, I go, I talk to so many people who say, yeah, I gave up being an actor. I gave it up. I'm thinking, you didn't give it up. You found something else that you wanted to do. Yeah. You found something else that you wanted to do. You discovered something else that you want to do. And here's another thing about that. Never feel that you made the wrong choice. Because you didn't make a choice.
1: And people aren't willing to admit that if the, if, that if the joy if the joy leaves something yes. for them, that oh I, I gave it up. Well you didn't give it up. the happy ran out of it for you. Right And if the happy runs out of it for you, then it's right that you do that. you know I know so many people who, who you know aren't, aren't uh, in the trend, the acting trenches anymore and it is just ah, I just uh, I gave it up. You didn't give it up. You stop being happy. You, you, the hunt, the hunt, stopped being happy for you. not not the hunt necessarily. Cause some of them were actually doing pretty good. It just it, there there was no so, something sucked the happy out of it for you. And something whatever, sucked. Yes, yes. Yes. And whatever yes. that is, you know, uh, recognize it, own it, and be okay with it. You know.
0: I I did a show the other night that was really fun with um, a cast that included Helen Hunt. Okay. Academy Award winner, Helen Hunt. And it was a, the show was a blast. And Helen was gracious and lovely. And I was looking at, I was doing a scene with her and I'm thinking, this woman won an Academy Award. She won an Academy Award. And then the question is, what is she doing now? I don't know what she's doing now. But I don't feel sorry for her. I don't feel like she's she fell off the face of the earth. She gets to do what it is that she gets to do, and she gets to live the life that she gets to live. No matter what her story is or her history is, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, to look at somebody like that, go, I, oh. I had, I had, you know, this is so hard, such a hard thing to say. Um, when I left Second City, I had somebody, I had a meeting with. Uh, High muckety-muck at Second City when I was leaving the artistic director of LA and We were having lunch and He said to me It was like a post-mortem he said whatever happened to your career And and it was like it hit me like what the fuck did what the fuck did did you just say what did you just say what did you just say? I thought that, but I, I, at first I was so shocked, and I was thinking, I just, well, first off, for the last nine years, I was the artistic director of the theater company that you work at, yeah. and here's another thing, don't ever talk to anybody that way. You have no idea what anybody's, what anybody's passion is, or what anybody's direction is, or, and for you to say that you had an expectation of my life, and I disappointed your expectation.
1: Right, but also the, ar- the arrogance the arrogance of that person, you could have nine million irons in the fire. And knowing you, you probably did and do. And just because, you know, I just love when people talk about that. It's like, oh, well, you know, they haven't done anything forever. Because, no, actually, they've done this, 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 and this. Just because it didn't come over your little transom, right. you think that person is doing nothing. I, 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 the arrogance of people who just decide... What your career or your life is supposed to be, in in their head. Yep. You know, there's a great line, one of my favorite uh, musicians, and I'm sure you follow his work too, Loudon Wainwright. Yes, of course. Um, he has that gr- great line, uh, two great lines that come to mind. Uh, you know, if I if I can't be the villain in my I can't, if I can be the hero in my life, I'll be the villain in yours. Uh-huh. Is one. But the other one is the first. You know, all of a sudden you're having your first comeback, and you were wondering where you'd gone. And that's the other thing, too, is that people don't realize that this shit is going on. But that's here. The other thing, too, we may be reading into this a little too much because the person who said that is also just an asshole. So, so there, you know, we, right. we, can, we can be sort of qualifying and all this, but there are people that are just dicks. I don't and, know. Th- I, I, I
0: understand what you're saying. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think this person is a dick. I think that they had a moment of weirdness. Uh, at that moment, I also feel that this person does has seen a lot of people go through you know a lot of people go through and and might at at that moment thought, "What happens to all these people? Where did they go you know i i don 't know what I do know is this it was one of those lessons that I heard I heard him say it, and i thought this I could be insulted by that and and in at that moment, I was, but now I look at that and I think. Um, I get to live the life that I get to live. And if you want to judge me, you could judge me. Right. And your judgment of me has no effect on what it is, what are my dreams are, what my goals are, what my intentions are. Right. And I'm not going to consult your opinion about what I think I should do next or what I think that I should be doing now.
1: Right, right. It goes back to what we just said earlier today, which is it goes back to this toxic uh, pool of comparison. Right. And, and how it accomplishes nothing. Yes, it accomplishes absolutely nothing.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. and and to be well. Then we're going to go back to uh, those two guys that I was working with on that stage. You know who weren't listening to me. It goes back to: Are you in that moment? At that moment, aware of what the fuck you're saying in that moment? Are you present with what it is that you're doing? Are you present? Because the more present you're going to be, the less questions there are going to be, and the more at peace you're going to be. Yeah.
1: It 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 I. I I haven't spent a lot of time with you, David, and it—I it, it, find it very interesting that you can be uh, this sort of manic Buddhist because you—you do have this sort of, you know, very like me, a very sort of frenetic sense about you. But there's there's this center, and there's this sort of Zen thing going on too. Um, uh, it, it, uh, forgive me because it just was very visceral, just something that I observed observed just then. Is that a is that a dance for you emotionally uh, or creatively? Like, do you, because you are so creative and, you, and thoughts come and they flash and you react to things and you're a smart guy, um, is, is that sort of peace and, and zen aspect, is that something that happens naturally? Do you have to struggle to find that place? Because you're describing what happened with this guy and this comment that this guy made. And you said, I I was insulted at the time. Yeah, every right to be insulted at the time. It's an insulting thing to say to somebody. So that place of of, uh, introspection, retrospect, however you want to phrase it, is that a place that you go to naturally or is it a conscious effort for you to get there?
0: It, it, It originated as a conscious effort to say to look at to look at a, a response that I have to something okay and so I'll have a response to something and I'll and I'm very mindful of the response that I have so okay. in other words I am NOT I, I haven't I used to teach this and I haven't said it in a long time I am NOT hungry I have hunger I am NOT angry right. I have anger right so when we have that we get to look at that we get to use that anger and then we get to go to get to that calm place I'm writing that shit down you know what I mean yeah. Yeah, no. so we get to get to that calm place because the moment that we're at, and then I get to be at that calm place go, oh, look at me. A moment ago, I had right. a bucket of anger okay. and then I used it up, so that's now brilliant. I get to be here. Yeah, so brilliant. it's not about what it is that it's not about you are not the emotion that you're going through. Right. At you're the not base. defined by that. Yeah, no, yeah, you're not yeah. defined by that. At the base of all that is this. Now, I will find myself getting I will. <laughs> I, I nine times out of ten laugh at my reactions to things. But when I laugh at my reactions to things, I'm now looking at those reactions. I am not those reactions. I am not my verbs. I am. I'm looking at my reactions and I step away from my reactions and I go, I did that. Okay. And then I leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. So I don't go, I did that. What a fucking fucked up person I am. Man, if I only had, then I would have. It was like, I did that. I, I flipped that guy off. I did that. I did it. I own it. I did it. I own it. But and I'm going to leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people look at what it is that they did. They say, they said, and go, I left it alone. I know I'm an asshole. But no, you didn't leave it alone. If you say you're an asshole, you didn't leave it alone. Right, right. Yeah. But I enjoy my calmness more than I enjoy those other things that I have to go through.
1: Well, no, and it's in those other things are more work. It's more work to be angry guy. To hold to have, on yeah, to the yeah, to anger. To have anger is one thing.
0: Right. But to be an angry guy is a full-time job. Absolutely. Yeah. And those people that suddenly a light will go off and and I've had conversations with people and what I teach is I do teach a manic Buddhism. What I do teach is I teach are you are you my classes are a lot like this are, are this did you feel that feeling that you just felt because I just saw you feel a feeling and you're not you're not you're not uh, you're, you're not engaging in that feeling that you just felt. So you felt one particular thing and then something happened, your partner did something and I watched you have a kinesthetic response and they went, I did. And I went, that's happening all the fucking time. Are you mindful of it? Because if not, how many times are you angry and then, oh, oh, you do this, you wake up in the morning and you go, this is a fucking great day. This is absolutely a great day. I got my coffee, I got my oatmeal, I got my fruit, my girlfriend's here, she just left, I had a great time with her, she's gone, I loved her, blah, 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 and then you go, well, what was I angry about yesterday? I know I was angry about something yesterday. Ugh. And then you go, yeah, that, well, fuck that guy, yeah. he fucked me over." Yeah, and you go, yeah. why did you just bring in yep. something that wasn't there? Yeah, you shit in your own punch bowl. Exactly. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And i got to tell you, you just—you just, um, unfortunately, you just hit the nail on the head for me because that's exactly something that I've been doing lately. I'm the, I'm the president of the Homeowners Association of my condo, and i got one person who's just making my life a living hell only because she is a crazy maker, only because of just wanting to be a thorn, to no end, to no result. And uh, it's, uh, but it's true. I've been doing that. It's like things are, Mary Poppins thing is going wonderfully. The film is doing very well in festivals. And then it's like, it's almost like I don't feel like I'm worth being that happy. So what was it that was, what was it that kept me up last night?
0: <laughs> right, exactly. What was
1: it that kept me up to last Yeah. Oh, yeah, her.
0: Right. And yeah, yeah, no. Right. Just, and, no. and here's the thing. You get to look at that. You get to go, oh, there's heat there. That's a shiny object there. But what also is there is at that moment, you're asking yourself to engage in your ego. And your ego is going to say, come on, man. Right. You come on, man. Yeah, you're right for feeling Yeah, you're this right way, for because feeling because
1: you're a way. smart guy. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And
0: don't you know, again, don't you know who I am? But <laughs> the way that, like, that I look at it and I talk about this in my classes too, where I say, okay, we're going, to, I, we're going to enter into something right now where your ego is not allowed in the room, your personality is not allowed in the room, your story is not allowed in the room, your history is not allowed in the room, your expectations are not allowed in the room. And I said, if you want, let's do this. Take a moment to just look at your ego, take a photograph of your ego, because chances are that ego is, is you at a younger age who was fucked over. So let's just say... Dress that person in the costume of the period and then leave them at the fucking door. There's a chair right there. Close that door. You're never going to get rid of that ego. But what you get to do is you get to go, you know when you get to to know when you engage with that. Right, right. And you get to be mindful that you're engaging with that. So if you look at it and say, okay, for me… It's, 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 it's eight-year-old Dave Rosowski, big nose, buck teeth, horn-rimmed glasses, you know, having lived in i I've talked about it a lot, having lived, moved like four or five times by the time I was eight or whatever the fuck it's going to be. And he fucking needs loving, mm-hmm. but not right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. I will engage with that cocksucker, that lovely, wonderful young boy, when he needs to be, when I can't not give it to him. But I get to be mindful of that. So if you want to dwell in crazy-making, condo-owning person, know that you're doing that until that bucket of, of whatever it is, whatever that emotion is, is gone. Yeah. And then step the fuck away from
1: it. Yeah, yeah. One, a, a, a great metaphor for that, just what you're describing that I heard once. Uh, in an acting class was that we have our lives are in our heads right and our, our 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 eyes are projector lenses yes and we project our life on the wall in front of us and we see that the projector out of our brain comes out our eyes and it goes on the wall and then what do we do we go up and we physically it's hard because this is audio but and we go up physically with our hands and we try to change what's in the picture (laughs) <laughs> and it's like no that's not going to move anything you nope. gotta go to where the projector is if right. you want to change the image. and
0: here's another thing <laughs> you know? when the light bulb goes off of that projector <laughs> yeah. don't get another one because that projector isn't helping you out no, at all no it's not
1: it's not yeah exactly exactly
0: uh, let's stop there and what with that image <laughs> in people's heads wherever <laughs> they are thank you Paul that was awesome that was a blast well a the lesson there is you make the best out of every situation talk about working from adversity that's a very positive person what a blast it was to talk to that fine paul Strolly, fella uh add comedy wants to thank paul Strolley. we also want to thank laura parker my co-producer my dear friend musician extraordinaire al rose for our theme song i feel like a million dollars from al's album sad go lucky uh we want to thank ian foley our producer emeritus and you our listeners if you liked our show give us a positive note on itunes won't you If you're interested in having me at your theater, your improv school, your corporate event, drop me a line at dave at addcomedy.com. Thanks, and we'll hear you in our ears.